Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Morning, everyone. My name's Rhonda, um, and I look after the kids' ministry here at Creekside, and I'm doing the Bible reading this morning. So our reading this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it has written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Thanks so much, Rhonda. And how's everyone going today? Good. All right. I'll tell you what, masks are the enemy of COVID, but it's also the enemy of beards. And so uh, (laughs) it's the worst, honestly. However, thank you so much for coming out. Again, we're kind of touch and go there without uh, waiting for yesterday's um, announcement. Um, But how many know it is really good to be together? Really good to be together, really good to be part of that community. And so today we're going to be continuing on our series uh, called Rhythms of Renewal. And uh, we've been looking at healthy spiritual patterns that help us to grow in our faith and renew our joy. And so today uh, we're actually going to be looking at the subject of generosity in a message entitled uh, Giving as He Gives. Now um, I just want to throw it out there. Has anyone heard of the kindness pandemic? Anyone heard of this before, right? So even on our own home turf in Victoria, um, a lady by the name of Dr. Catherine Barrett uh, had picked up, um, I guess, knowledge. She heard about a story about a young cashier um, that had left her shift with bruises and scratches all on her arms, and it was actually because of uh, uh, people who were panic buying that were becoming violent. So when we see people in the shops and, you know, they're all kind of fighting and it was getting quite aggressive. And so this lady, Catherine Barrett, began to, uh, she launched an initiative called the Kindness Pandemic. And what she did was she put a call out to the community in Melbourne and said, hey, guys, why don't you guys write an anonymous note of encouragement to those uh, that work in supermarkets and just put them up randomly in, in the store somewhere? Uh, And so here's one at the top. You can see, thank you for your hard work. Thank you for keeping the shelves stocked. We appreciate you. Thank you. 
Well, just under two weeks of this initiative being launched, over 500,000 people got behind this. That's incredible. And it ended up going beyond just the supermarket to people posting up random acts of kindness and generosity that occurred not just to them, uh, but that they did to others as well. So you can see here at a fuel station, customers 65 and over with any health risk, please come to the pump and honk twice so that we can come pump your gas for you. We want to keep our community safe. Isn't that a good thing? Right, and look at that from a tweet from Lynn that says, uh, today when I visited Woolies, the checkout lady asked me why I was buying so many combs. I explained that I make up toiletry kits for the homeless, so she asked me to wait a moment, went and talked to the supervisor. When she returned, she told me my combs would be free as I was helping others. How lovely is this? That's great generosity. Another one here, which is from a 19-year-old boy, uh, putting up flyers saying, do you need help with the shopping? Reaching out to elderly and those who were vulnerable because of the pandemic. And he was offering to, to go out and, and, and do some service for people that were vulnerable. There is uh, one from Dai as well, which is actually a great story. Uh, if you're quick enough to read that, um, you can read that as well. But this, this was something that I thought was such a, such a great example of community spirit. Amen. Uh, with this as well, this is what Dr. Barrett says about this when she started. She was so blown away by the response. But she says this, kindness and generosity won't solve the global pandemic, but it will change our experience of it. And so today, in the text that Rhonda read for us this morning, um, we're going to look at giving as he gives. We're going to look at the subject of generosity this morning. And in our text... Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he references the church in Macedonia. And he applauds these people for their extravagant giving. He commends them for their sincere love for other people and their willingness to support the needs of the ministry. So I want to lay a foundation this morning and look at a biblical definition, because this morning Paul gives us such an incredible description of generosity in the previous chapter of chapter 8. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And that word generosity that Paul uses in the Greek means this, singleness. It means sincerity without self-seeking or dishonesty. It means bountifulness, liberality, and it means an openness of heart manifesting itself by generosity. This is one of the best definitions that I love about this in the Greek, though. Listen to this. The virtue of one who is free from pretense and hypocrisy. That's an incredible description. It's oh for awesome. And so these people were known for their generosity. They were renowned for their uh, sincerity. They were known for their open-heartedness to others in need. They were free from pretense and hypocrisy. And I love that because it's not fake. It's not a show. And it's not a facade. It wasn't selfish. And it wasn't egocentric. No motives, no hidden agendas whatsoever. It was authentic and real. It was genuine. 
And Paul reveals how this type of generosity was cultivated in their lives. Number one, he says that they gave themselves to God. It says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 5, it says, and they exceeded our expectations, talking about the Macedonian church. And he says, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. These people had an encounter with God and gave themselves completely. Paul acknowledges that this is the first reason for their radical liberality. And it's funny because in the English, we can just skim over these words, but that word they gave, that word gave use here, listen to this, it means to furnish, to supply the necessary things, that the moment you and I allow God access into our lives, that's a picture of surrender. He can begin furnishing the interior of our lives. Can you say amen to that? Can we agree? That the moment we allow God in, he can begin the internal transformation in our lives. The second thing that Paul connects this type of generosity to, and I love this, is joy. 2 Corinthians 8.2, it says this, in the midst of a very severe trial, let's just say a global pandemic. And he says, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Joy, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, produced by God's work in us and part of God's will for us. That we, you and I would be a joyful people. You know, it's okay to be joyful as a believer. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. Actually, those things are therapeutic for you. And so for us this morning, God wants us to be a people of joy. It is a gift from God. The root word joy in the Greek means is chara. And that word translated means grace. Isn't that interesting? That joy is both a gift of God as well as a response to the gifts of God. These are the two standout traits of the Macedonian church that Paul mentions. They surrender to God and have a joy for his salvation. That's got to be enough to make someone smile in here this morning. I know behind the mask, I can't actually see your smile. So you can, you know, you do the eye contact, right? Go. But this is what it means. This is what led God's people to a life of authentic biblical generosity. No agendas, no motives, expecting nothing in return. But these people were willing to share. And we see this occur in the early church. In the book of Acts chapter two, uh, Jesus has just ascended to heaven after his resurrection. And he tells those who are left that still believe after the resurrection, He tells them to go into Jerusalem, right? Everyone is on the hunt for these people. So they're hiding, afraid for their lives in this upper room, and they're just praying. Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. 
And so here they are, they're praying timidly. They're just like, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I don't really know how we're going to get through this. And all of a sudden, like a rushing wind, the Holy Spirit comes and fills them with the Spirit of God. And they begin to, uh, filled with the Spirit, have a boldness, begin to speak with tongues like fire. And then they go out into the streets. Peter goes out and there's people, there's people all around. It's like being in Queen Street Mall. And here Peter stands up and boldly testifies the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that 3,000 people are saved in one service, if you would. And listen to what the book of Acts chapter 2, 42 says. After this has happened, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Listen to this. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That is radical. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They let people into their homes. They ate together and were glad and sincere in their hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a time to live. Radical generosity. It was a byproduct of their surrender to God and their newfound joy. And God was adding daily to those who were being saved. It's one of the hallmarks of the Christian faith is that when you and I love God, there's something in us that begins to just want to, we want to give because we understand and recognize what God has done for you and I. And all of this was happening in the midst of revival, sharing generously in all things, esteeming others higher than self. That's what was happening, a willingness These people had a willingness to sacrifice for the well-being of other people so that somebody else could know Christ, so that somebody else could grow in their faith, so somebody else could be built up. And this is generosity. So I want to look then secondly at being compelled by love. Now Paul makes this incredible statement in 2 Corinthians 5. Listen to this. If we are out of our mind... As some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Listen to this. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Have you ever had someone say to you, you're out of your mind? Have you ever had someone say, man, you are too churchy? You're maybe a bit too, you know, you're, you're taking this whole Christian thing a bit seriously, you know? I only go to church on a Sunday. Have you ever heard someone say, why are you so involved? Why do you give so much to this? Why do you put in so much? Well, Paul gives the reason. It's the love of Christ that compels us. And this is what drives us to give. Somebody once said that you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And when you and I consider his love towards us, listen, Shane mentioned this, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
John 3.16, very well-known verse, even outside the church, but it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 1 John 4, verse 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And that word used there is the word agape, which is the highest form of love that only comes from God. It isn't sentimental, but rather a part of who God is. God is the source of agape love. He loves from an outpouring of who he is. It's a love that deliberately strives for another's highest good and is demonstrated through action. It's unconcerned with self. Agape love is not born out of emotions or feelings, but rather from the will. Parents, when you have a sick kid at 2 a.m. and that kid is screaming, crying, you don't get up and say, oh man, I love you so much, I just can't wait to, 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 to be there for you. You've got to work in a few hours, you've got to get changed, but you do it, it's an action, it's a, action. It's a, it's a choice of the will. Why? Because it's love. You see, God set the standard for agape love in sending Jesus to die for us even though he was innocent. When we are compelled by the love of Christ, we will naturally give extravagantly. Not reluctantly. That word reluctantly actually means with sorrow. Have you ever given something and it's like you're mourning? It actually means heavy affliction. So it's like, I'm sorry, man, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. That's what it means. Is that what happens to you when you give? When you sacrifice? Under compulsion, or in other words, you feel obligated to? Listen, God loves a cheerful giver. We should give with joy. Let me give you some verses on, uh, on this this morning. It says in Proverbs eleven twenty four verse 25, it says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed themselves. Proverbs 22, verse 9, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Notice how it's not always money. And just so you know, because some of you are like, money, 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 money. It's not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about generosity. So we'll get to that in a moment. Isaiah 32 verse 8, But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. You see, God blesses the generous. And in everything that Paul did throughout his journey, we know that the Apostle Paul did so much. One of the, if not the greatest missionary in the Christian influence within all of human history. And it says, he says this in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So what are some ways that you and I can be generous? Well, 
There are some practical ways we can be generous, and I believe there are three things, and this isn't comprehensive, these are just my thoughts and opinions, but it's three ways I believe we can be generous within our community, within Creekside community. Number one is time. There's an old saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and that's true. Strong, healthy relationships take time to build. Trust takes time to earn. And when you give people your time, what you're communicating to them is that they are valued. That's what you're doing. So I don't got time for that person. I don't got time. Oh, you know. One of the things that I remember regretting is that when people would say to me, oh, how's your week? Or how are you going? Oh, man, I'm really busy. Because I I got convicted one day because I realized that what I'm saying is I'm too busy for that person. And I still have to try and work on it. It's kind of like, you know, smile and be like, yeah, good. (laughs) But I'm really busy. You know that. But that's what we can communicate sometimes. When you give people your time, you're saying, I value you. You have worth. You have dignity, and people feel validated and accepted. Jesus demonstrated this in his own life. He made time for other people. Jesus sat with sinners and tax collectors, people that were the outcasts of society, people that thought, yeah, like, these are the non-important people, and Jesus spent time with them. And all of us have time. So we can give time. He was generous with his time. The second thing is talents. Time and talents. We can be generous by using our talents and our giftings to benefit those around us. And I just want to take this opportunity and moment right now, and I'm so glad that you all came out because we were kind of wondering, man, who's going to come out just after lockdown? But I just want to take time to appreciate those who serve and who use their talents to bless other people here. Can we just appreciate them for a moment? Those on worship, those at the cafe who make coffees for you guys, right? Those in kids' ministry that take the kids and the kids have such a fantastic time. Those in youth ministries, those who do community groups. There are so many people that do things behind the scenes that people don't normally see, but yet we, all of this, they're using their giftings and their talents to be a blessing. Maybe perhaps, and I'm just going to, give, I'm going to have a crack at this, but maybe you're here and you, you can sing. You can play an instrument, play the radio, play the triangle, whatever it is, but you can play something. Maybe you have a passion for youth and, and working with kids and investing in the next generation. Man, there's a need. Maybe you're able to help organize events and you're like an absolute gun when it comes to Excel, Right? You can do something. Maybe you can do a course for uh, all of us. Anyway, you may have a passion with speaking or sharing God's word. You may be hospitable. You may be someone who just loves to open their home and let people in. I remember when, uh, before I got saved, I was hanging out with... um, a crowd that were heavily involved in, with, with drugs at the time. And um, I had this encounter with God and everything changed. 
But the house where I was living at, I knew that I wouldn't make it far in my faith if I stayed there. So I needed to move out. And uh, turns out a man in the church that we got saved in took me in, and he was an elderly gentleman, and he gave me the best room in his house. No joke. He moved all, his wife, him, moved to one of the, the bottom room house, uh, rooms, a very small room, and he said to me, here, you can live there. And I remember asking him one time, I said, why, why are you doing this, man? I don't know you from a bar of soap. And he said to me, well, maybe one day you can do this for someone else. Generosity. He was hospitable. Maybe that's your talent. Maybe you're able to help with someone behind the scenes. Again, thank you so much, Hannah, for the coffee this morning. It was manna from heaven. Whatever the talents you have, you can use those to build someone else up. Can I just say, the fact that you came this morning is such an encouragement. So we looked at time, we looked at talents, and the third one is treasure. We can be generous with our treasure. We can financially support the needs of the church, God's church, ministry, mission work. I want to tell you, man, there are people overseas that are doing it rough for the sake of the gospel. And you and I have resources that perhaps maybe we can support that. There are so many people that perhaps maybe you um, don't even know. There are, there are, I know people who are taking kids from human trafficking. Ministries that people started because they had a heart for the lost. They had a heart for people who didn't know Christ. And yet these people would make the step and say, you know what, God, I'll go. Send me. And that might not be your calling. That might not be my calling. But you know what? We can support that. Reaching the community. That we can maybe perhaps give of our treasure for the propagating of the gospel in the earth. To support the work. There are ways that you and I can all be generous. Ways that every one of us can contribute to God's plan to saving people. Serving and encouraging one another as we see the day approaching. Rejoicing together at what God has done and is going to do in our community and in our midst. When we are generous, and I close with this this morning. When we are generous, God is glorified. If anything else, he gets glory. And it says here in verse 11 of chapter 9, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. In other words, other people will look on and they will give praise to God. And it says here, 
and for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you. In other words, other people will rally in prayer to support what God is doing in your midst. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So I want to ask the question as we wrap this up and pray this morning. What way can you be generous? You may have family members or friends that have been in lockdown overseas or perhaps uh, still in quarantine after a long period of time and they're feeling isolated and lonely. Just, man, pick up the phone and video call them. Pick up the phone and, and message them. Get on the phone and talk with them and say, you know what? I'm thinking about you. You're giving them time. Maybe perhaps you're here and you have talents or giftings that perhaps maybe you can help serve the the local church. All of this is for people. All of this is for the edification and the building up of other people to know Christ. That's what this is for. Or maybe perhaps it's your treasure. Perhaps maybe you were once liberal or perhaps maybe God's been dealing with you and you want to give. You can give but not reluctantly and not under compulsion, but because God is doing something in your heart. Does that make sense this morning? So why don't we bow our heads and we just want to seal our service in a word of prayer. I'd invite the musicians to come up this morning. And um, I just want to pray that God would do a work in our hearts because this type of generosity cannot be manufactured. This type of generosity is a fruit because it's the love of Christ that compels us. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. God, for your your goodness, your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you that you have been so extravagant with us, Lord, that you've been so generous to us, Lord. Every blessing, God, we recognize, Lord, that everything comes from above. And so, Lord, we pray that this morning, God, you would help us, Father, to have a renewal of joy, God, in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord, for those, God, who are generous around us. And we pray, Father, that you would bless the generous. We pray this morning, God, that because of your love, because of your grace, your mercy, because of your faithfulness, because of the redemption that you've given us, we don't deserve any of it, God. But I pray, let it motivate us. Let it stir our hearts, God, to want to be a blessing in our community to want to be a blessing in our families, in our homes, in our relationships, God. We're asking this morning, Father, that you would teach us, God, to be generous. Give us the spirit of generosity. Help us to be sons and daughters of encouragement. Let all things be done for the edification of the church, your people. We thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name.